Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank you, Holy Father, for this opportunity to gather as your people. Fill us with your spirit and send us forth into your world so that we can be your ambassadors. In Jesus' name, amen. You'd think I'd learn by now, but after 25 years, I still have it. See, I'm going on staycation this week, which means that I'm not really going anywhere, and it's a week of rest for me. That's what it means to me. For my wife, however, that's not exactly what the definition of a staycation for me is. Uh, usually it means that I've got a lot of stuff that she wants me to do. And so, happy wife, happy life, that's what they say, right? And so I have plans to do the things that she assigns me to do. And so I'll wake up in the morning a little later than I usually do because it is vacation. And I get up and I make breakfast and, you know, I, and then while I eat breakfast, I watch TV because that's what I do. And um, thing is, I like to binge watch shows. And so it's like one right after another after another, you know? And, and so like, thing is, so I, I start watching something and then, well, there's kind of a cliffhanger, so you gotta watch the next one, right? And so then next thing I know, well, it's lunchtime. Um, and so I get up, I make lunch and, you know, I'm thinking, well, I, I really need to do this, but I'm gonna watch TV while I eat lunch, you know, cause that's what I do. And so I start watching it again, and um, 3 o'clock is getting there. You know, she's a school teacher, so that's the time she gets out, and I can usually expect a phone call to see what glorious things I've completed while she worked all, all day, you know, watching after our nation's future. Um, and so it's always a joy to me to tell her, well, I didn't do much of anything. And that's when I learn uh, mad wife, bad life, um, because... You would think that I would be broken in by now. It's been 25 years. I should know these things. But if you've ever tried to raise a husband before, you can relate to this. Or if you've had children, as many times as you try to get something through their head, why not? Why can't you understand this? Look, if you even had a pet, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, good gracious. Our dogs, I mean, how many, like, you go to the bathroom out there. You know, but no, over and over again. And, and it's not just at home, it's at our jobs too, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how teachers do it. They spend all week long teaching a lesson. You know, they, they give it all they've got. They, they do everything they can trying to reach these kids and help them to understand what they want the kids to learn. And then on Friday, the test rolls around and everybody fails. How, how just upsetting that can be. Or then you have all the healthcare workers out there. God bless you all for what you do. Because you have patients that come in and you tell them quite specifically, look, if you want to get better, if you want to get healthier, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And then a few weeks or a month later, they're even worse and they come back wondering why they haven't gotten better and you say to them, well, have you done this, this, and this, and this? No. Well, there you go. I mean, even a car mechanic, they say, okay, look, you need to get your car service. You need to do these things to make sure your car's running well. And then your car breaks down, and you're wondering why they didn't fix it already. Police officers, how many times are people arrested after being warned gently several times before that? People just don't learn, right? 
And I got to tell you, in my line of work, what I'm doing right now, pretty standard, right? When you're a preacher, you preach. But the purpose of a sermon, hopefully, is that it's not just to teach. It's that so that people will walk out of the room and be able to apply faith to their life. That in some way, somehow, people might be changed just a little bit by the words that they hear on Sunday mornings. And yet, time and time and time again, I am shown examples of the fact that so much of what is said is not heard. I'll go to meetings Sunday evening, right after having preached something, and we'll start discussing something that may somehow be somewhat applicable to what was preached that morning, and yet it's as if nothing was ever heard. And the worst part about it is, I'm the one leading the discussion the wrong way. I don't even hear what I say half the time. And so the, the reality is, we come to this, we come to church, we listen to these things over and over and over again, hoping to get some reaction, hoping to get some change in people. And it's just more and more, we just don't get it. You know, i got to tell you, it would be very, very defeating if it weren't for the fact that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, actually struggled with the same thing. You know, in our, in our gospel reading today, it's actually in a part in Mark's gospel that runs from about chapter 8 through chapter 10. It starts with Jesus uh, healing a blind man, and then he, he heals him, and then the guy still can't see real well, and so he has to heal him a little further. And then Jesus starts to tell about what's going to happen, what it means to be the Messiah. And he says that the Son of Man must undergo, 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 great suffering, be rejected by the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, be mocked, beaten, killed, and on the third day rise again. And then, uh, right after the first time, Peter's like, no, 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 that's not what it means to be a disciple, uh, uh, um, the Messiah, you must be wrong. So, go on a little farther, Jesus tells the disciples again, look, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, He'd be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. Be mocked, beaten, and killed on the third day, rise again. And after that time, the disciples, um, right after Jesus is finished, the disciples were like, hmm, so Jesus, uh, which, one, which one of us is the best one? And so a few more things happen, and Jesus tells them again, third time. Look, the Son of Man will undergo great suffering and be rejected by the chief priests, elders, and the scribes, and be mocked, beaten, and killed, and uh, then on the third day rise again. And this time we have, right after this, is what we have in today's gospel reading. James and John. James and John, son of Zebedee, they have been disciples from the get-go, right? First it was Peter and Andrew. Jesus walks up to them, says, follow me. They drop their nets and they follow. Then, right after that, they go up to James and John, sons of Zebedee. They're hanging out, mending their nets, and Jesus says, follow me, and they left their, their father and their hired hands, and they followed Jesus. They've been there with him the whole time. They've seen all the miracles. They've heard all the teachings. They've heard all three times what it meant to be the Messiah, what it meant to be Jesus. And what it meant was sacrifice. It meant that, that Jesus was there to put the world ahead of him, that he was going to give his life for the sake of the entire world. Now, they've heard this time and time and time again. They've seen all the signs. They know it's true. 
And yet, all they can think of after Jesus tells them a third time that he's going to die is this. Well, if that's going to happen, which one of us do you think can sit next to you at dinner when we all die? All they can think about is themselves. They're so self-centered that what they're wondering about as Jesus is explaining his own death is if they get to sit at his right hand and his left. And then, and they're, they're so bold. I love the way this little exchange is. Uh, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we want you to do. Jesus is like, all right, what do you want? And then they tell him that we want you to hook us up with the good seats at the dinner. And it's like, um, I'm not sure you're quite ready for that. Oh, no, 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 we're good. We can be baptized with the baptism and drink from the cup. Same thing, we're good. And then once again, Jesus has to explain what it really means to be his follower. The same message that you and I have heard and will hear over and over and over again. Being a follower of Jesus Christ means we don't put ourselves first. It means that we step up and we allow other people to go ahead of us. We, we don't think that the world revolves around you and me. We don't think it's all about this guy. And that's hard for us, isn't it? I mean, we live in a world that is so self-absorbed. It's all about what we want, you know? I mean, we make appointments, you know, there, there's, I mean, scheduling a meeting in this day and time is crazy because every, it has to fit everybody's schedule. It's gotta make me happy. And, and everybody else's decisions have to revolve around what I want, what's best for me, what's best for my kids, what my rights are, you know? Everything has to be the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it, where I want it. And if not, well, it's just wrong. I mean, that's the way the world is right now. It's all about me. And following Jesus means that it needs to all be all about we. You know? So, I want you to try something this week. Just do it and see what happens. As you make a decision, just one time, think to your, stop and think, how will this decision impact other people? I want you to think about that, and then I want you to pray about it and write it down. And then make the decision that you're going to make. Just one time. Try to think outside of yourself. Try to, try to think of what works for others. I mean, because we're so infected. I mean, it's, it's that way everywhere. It's that way in the church, right? We want the hymns that we want. We want it to look how we want it to look. We want things to be the way we want them to be. And if it's not the way we want them, well, it's wrong. But don't we get it? We follow a God of sacrifice. We follow one who gave everything of himself for you and me. It's time for us to stop focusing on ourselves. It's time to stop being so self-centered. It's time to stop being all about me and start being about we. I mean, can you imagine what the world would be like if we all started thinking that way? If we all started thinking about not what's best for my 
that's helpful. What's better for us as a congregation, as a community, as a state, as a world? What would happen if we started looking out for the needs of others instead of making sure that we were happy? What would happen if we were last so others could be first? What would happen if we made a commitment not to be served, but to serve? Amen.